Welcome to LinkedIn Smart, a podcast revealing secrets to success on LinkedIn. Each week, we interview one remarkable person willing to share their best strategies. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the interview. Here is our host, Vitek Ladislav. Today, we are going to talk about, well, LinkedIn, (laughs) as usual. We will talk about content for LinkedIn and how to analyze it, what works, and what doesn't on platform. Our guest on LinkedIn Smart Podcast is Liam Darmody. So Liam, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show, uh, LinkedIn Smart Podcast. Um, welcome all the way from DC, right? That's correct. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I've been, uh, I've been following you for a long time on LinkedIn and I never thought I'd actually get a chance to sit here and chat with you, but I appreciate the invite. Liam, um, I start uh, the uh, the interview with uh, with every single guest with the same question, and that is, how have you started with LinkedIn? Well, I started with LinkedIn in 2003 when it first launched. Uh, I was in recruiting at the time, so uh, it was it was all the rage back then, but not nearly all the rage that it is now. Um, and this year in January, I decided that I really wanted to make sure. I spent some more time on there. I just got tired of all the other social platforms. I got tired of Facebook. I kind of got tired of Instagram. It's sort of a place for me to just post pictures of my kids so that my family can see them and stay in touch with us. Um, and LinkedIn for me, especially this year, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because I started to double down on LinkedIn in January of 2020 and have just met so many fantastic people like yourself, right? That I would never have known existed if, if it wasn't for LinkedIn. The, the, the connective power of LinkedIn is incredible. So that is how I started. And now I am um, perhaps a little bit unhealthily addicted to it. I spend far too much time on the platform. My, my wife will, will confirm that, but uh, especially with the pandemic and all of the craziness of this year, 2020, uh, it's just been remarkable for, for my mental health, for my social health. I mean, I'm an extrovert person. I used to love going to networking events all the time and not being able to do that has been a really, really hard thing for me to deal with. So this has been a fantastic year for me with, with LinkedIn. I've just met so many great people all over the world. So what I hear you saying that um, basically we are um, all pretty much in a lockdown on in the secondary lockdown, whatever you call it. And LinkedIn is to some extent supplementing or substituting our, our networking events, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like to I like to sort of equate LinkedIn to uh, the, the world's largest networking event. You know, it's 24 seven, 365. There's no geographic limitations. Uh, and and the, the nice thing about it is that you actually get to to see people before you actually talk to them. Right. You get to you get a sense for what somebody's like. And I think that's really the power of it, because when you go to a networking event, you know, it's it's sort of a crapshoot. It's who's there. Do they look like somebody you want to talk to? And then you invest time talking to them. And it's like you either walk away saying, well, that was a waste of my time or it wasn't. Right. But at the end of the day, in a two hour networking event, you might walk away with 15, 20 conversations, five or 10 of which might make sense and want to keep going. And so it's a lot more efficient, too. <laughs> so I'm an operations guy. So efficiency is my thing. Liam, <laughs> um, yeah, you have been on the platform for such a long time. Um, so I think it's 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 fair to say that you can compare you know how it was before and how is it now uh, and i know that linkedin has changed over the years dramatically um what do you see as the, as the main change um for linkedin over the years for you personally 
the biggest change for me is is uh, that I stopped using it as an online repository for staying in touch with people that I already knew offline to finding new people to know. Uh, that that has been the biggest change. I have made friends on LinkedIn uh, that um, professional professional connections. I've made friend connections. I've made connections like yourself who are content creators on the platform. Um, people that just for some reason love LinkedIn, kind of like LinkedIn geeks. Like that's what I classify my, myself as now. And, you know, my friends make fun of me for it. My wife makes fun of me for it and I don't care. <laughs> totally, totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> with the, with the um, uh, friendship and all that, all that buzz around, around LinkedIn, how do you actually, how, how do you make friends on LinkedIn? I mean, is it, is it difficult for you? It's easy. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty easy for me. Um, I am just really a social person in general. And, and I, I digest so much content on the platform. Um, I spend a lot of time in the comments sections of people's posts. I love people's, you know, I, I like seeing different perspectives. I like learning from people. Uh, it's fun for me to, you know, pay, I, I sort of pay close attention to folks that have been on the platform for a long time, have a really large following. Their comment sections are always fantastic because they just have so many different people that are weighing in. And so there you start to say, oh, well, that's something, that's somebody interesting. I'd follow them or maybe I'll connect with them or maybe I'll reach out to them. Um, and so, you know, it's just been really, really interesting for me to, to see how that has evolved. And so it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll engage with somebody. Uh, if I look at their content and their posts and I see that their posts are things that I want to see in my feed, I'll usually just connect with them instead of following them. Um, because the connection I think is a stronger signal to the LinkedIn's algorithm. So I'll connect with them so that I can see their content. I'll reach out with a personalized message. Um, typically I try to reach out to people that I are either very frequently posting content or we share tons of mutual connections. And, and when I say tons, I usually mean, you know, dozens or hundreds um, because to me, that's sort of a signal that we are actually interested in some of the same things. We know a lot of the same people on the platform. Uh, and so it's a good sign that you're probably in the right, you're in the right ballpark, right? Um, so that that's kind of how I do it. And then have some conversations in the DMs. And then eventually over time, you're like, oh, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom? Do you want to jump on a podcast? Do you want to go live? Um, and, and that's just been really fun for me. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any specific strategy how you reach out or to, to whom you reach out on LinkedIn? Uh, from a strategic standpoint, it's funny. It's evolved over time. Um, you know, in the beginning of January, it was sort of, I just want to try and get as many followers as I can or as many connections as I can because you had that magic 30,000 number where that was the golden nugget because you'd get your follow sign next to your posts. And uh, after, uh, after, I, after I sort of learned that that's not necessarily the right approach, I stopped caring quite as much about that, right? And I started to um, really focus on just who are the people that I'm genuinely interested in seeing more content from. Uh, and so that is what drives me now is that, that focus on their content. And if I like their content, I will reach out to them and then I will sort of engage. And then, yeah, it's always a personalized message. Uh, it's funny. Sometimes I've heard people talk about how that doesn't matter to them. They're like, yeah, I don't really care about personalized messaging, but I do. I think it's a nice touch. Uh, and it also shows that I'm not using automation. I don't, I don't use automation for anything. Um, and, and that gives me uh, just also you know, first impressions are everything, right? If you, if you drop a quick note in somebody's uh, invitation connection, 
you know, they're, they're able to see your personality a little bit. So I just have sort of a template that I've been using for a long time and I modify it a little bit to personalize with every single time. And that's uh, how I go about it. And then um, that mutual connections piece is the biggest one. I've started to notice that, you know, the more I focus on connecting with people that have a lot of mutual connections to me, the more it feels like community, the more it feels like, oh, well, I start to see other content that I wasn't seeing in my feed from second degree connections because I'm connected to that person. Uh, and that's been really great for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, um, uh, you talk about strategy, you know, how you're reaching out to, to certain people. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, some of my friends and, and business colleagues, they say, you know, we are very kind of shy on, on LinkedIn because we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to sound salesy. Uh, you know, how you overcome these kind of, these kind of um, feelings of, um, of being, you know, a little bit unsure or uncertain? Yeah, uh, you know, it's a good question. I think the fact that it's over text kind of helps. Uh, it, you know, for me, I, I don't have a whole lot of inhibitions about about speaking to people over over chat or text messaging, obviously. Um, in person, in voice video, voice or video messaging, you know, that I, I, I'm known to like, I'll record it and be like, ah, I didn't like that one. And I'll record another one, you know, and people don't like their voice or things like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, for, for me, really, it was just, it's about sort of finding your voice too. And that's another reason that I love LinkedIn so much and, and is that I've kind of discovered really what I'm most passionate about through this platform, right? For a long time, I, you know, I knew I'm, 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 in, I'm in technology startup operations person uh, for my profession. Um, LinkedIn by and large has been a hobby for me for the year. Um, so I don't necessarily worry about feeling salesy because I'm not actually selling anything. I mean, if somebody comes up to me and says, oh yeah, I would love to, you know, that's my plan for 2021 is to create a course, sell the course and just, you know, let that take care of itself. But I've never really been the salesy person. Like I, I haven't pitched any of the people that I've connected with or followed. Um, and so I don't feel salesy. Uh, for me, it's genuinely just, I think you're cool and I like your content and I think we might dig each other's content in our feed. So let's connect, you know, and it's uh, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is, is, uh, by uh, Yates and it says there are no strangers here only friends that you haven't yet met um, and that's truly what I believe about you know being relationships you know and every friend that you have was at one point in time a stranger uh, so you know that's the approach that I take to networking on LinkedIn. You're talking about content and how important the content is on a LinkedIn finding your own voice um, sometimes mm -hmm. the, you know um, I don't know a drug I, I, I Kind of like I don't like the word being authentic, you know. But but I think it's it is it is about you know finding your own style. Let's say on on LinkedIn, what is your style? Uh, I would say that my style is. Um, it's, you said you don't like the word authentic. Authentic's a big one for me. Uh, I, I I I'm not the kind of person who plans content. I've never been. I'm not disciplined enough to do it, and I typically. Uh, I like to sort of write content on the fly when I'm inspired because I feel like you can sort of feel the passion that somebody has written about when they write it in real time, uh, which is not to suggest that anybody who plans content doesn't doesn't come across that way. But just for me personally, that's how I feel my content uh, resonates when, when, when I do it that way. Um, it's typically, uh, I talk about a couple of different things. Uh, empathetic 
management, emotional intelligence. Those are things that are really important to me. Um, you know, I think the, 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 um, the business world is so hard. Sometimes people are like, it's business, it's not personal. And I think that's, that's, that's BS, frankly. I mean, it's, it's, of course it's personal. You spend 40 hours of your week doing it. It's a personal thing. Um, and so I always try <coughs> to talk about humanity uh, and, 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 you know, the human touch of business, <coughs> excuse me. Um, that is one thing. And then, uh, I like to put my own spin on it just in terms of my voice. Like I, I don't, I don't overthink it. I think that's one of the biggest things that people tend to forget or, or struggle with on LinkedIn. There's a lot of people that lurk and they're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about and how would I write it? And would anybody like it? And it's just so interesting to me because it's, it's, you never think about that on Facebook. You never think about that on Instagram. And, and yet on LinkedIn, people are so paranoid about that stigma of like, oh, my employer's going to see it. And, and you know, my, from my perspective, my employer knows how I think, knows my attitude, knows my sense of humor. So as long as I'm doing the same thing and I'm staying true to myself, I should be okay, presumably. <laughs> if, I assume they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't have me at the company if they didn't like my personality. So I let my personality shine through and I just be natural. And that's kind of how it goes. Hmm. It's actually interesting because uh, the other day I was talking to some, uh, uh, some of um, um, LinkedIn experts or other, other LinkedIn coaches and uh, some of them, he mentioned something which, were, which was really interesting. And he said, you know, like if you, if you cannot really uh, write a piece of content, just try to start with um, commenting on other people's posts because that's the oh, yeah. content which you can create, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, that is something that that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to people when, you know, I have a lot of people, it's funny now, you know, when I first started in January, I was the one reaching out to people asking, how do you do this? How do you figure this out? And now I have some folks that are doing it here and that feels really cool. And I, I always say, don't overthink it. If you get up in the morning and you don't know what you're going to post about a, that's okay. You don't have to post something every day. Like there's no rule and B uh, if you spend some time just going through content, follow some hashtags of, of things that you care about, that you're passionate about, you'll start to read other people's content in your feed. And then you'll, you know, a light bulb will go off and then you'll get some inspiration. And that's really the approach that I take. Um, you mentioned that um, you spend a long, a lot of time on the, on the platform. Um, yeah. What is, uh, what is, uh, you know, what, what's the time then, you know, how much do you, do you spend on, how much would you actually <laughs> advise to spend to some other people? Maybe you know, it's completely different yeah. from yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I spend entirely too much time myself on the platform, but, uh, but it, like I said, it is a hobby in that sense, you know, and, 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 and I think the difference between, being on LinkedIn and spending a lot of time on LinkedIn versus being on Facebook or another social platform for me is I'm learning while I'm there, right? I'm gaining perspective from people. I'm learning people's opinions. I'm thinking differently about things. I'm seeing what topics people care about. Um, and so I don't have as much of a problem being on LinkedIn. Like to me, being on LinkedIn versus sitting in front of Netflix I get more out of LinkedIn. It's better for my brain, right? Um, because I'm seeing and then I'm interacting with people and I'm ingesting their content and perspectives and I'm learning new things. So I don't have a problem with that. Personally, I spend, um, I'm, I mean, I'm at least an hour, uh, sometimes two or three on the platform. Um, I joke that I've replaced Netflix and chill with LinkedIn and chill. Uh, I just kind of, 
I have my iPad open and I might be sitting upstairs, you know, half watching a Netflix show with my wife, but then also sort of talking with my friends on LinkedIn. And sometimes she'll look over from the couch and she'll like see me smiling or something. She's like, Oh, are you having fun with your LinkedIn friends? Da, da, da. So <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I am. It's great. <laughs> so uh, I would say, you know, if you really focused on trying to build a presence on the platform, it is good to spend, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day just to start, right? If it's 15 minutes in the morning, if it's 15 minutes at night, however you break it up, um, you know, if you have, you know, five minutes on your lunch break or whatever, jump on there, spend some time, drop some comments here and there. Um, and, and just avoid, like, if you feel trepidation, right? I, tell, I always tell people that are new, if you're feeling trepidation about it, just, just think about it like you're having a text conversation with your friends, and somebody posted something in your text group chat and you're just responding with your opinion. Just do that, right? Uh, now, obviously like keep it professional, right? LinkedIn is you know, a place to keep things professional, which I also like about the platform. It's sort of self-regulating in a way, right? Because there is that whole stigma of, I don't want my employer to see me doing anything bad. There is this element of, okay, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see as much vulgarity or anything. And that's what I love about the platform. It's very much positivity and support. Uh, and, and I like that a lot. So um, I, I usually say about 30 minutes. Okay. Um, talking about positivity and, and uh, the opinions on, on LinkedIn, did you come across some negativity in your, uh, during your time on LinkedIn? Um, the only, well, not really, I haven't really come across a lot of it. I, I mean, I try to avoid getting involved in it if I do see it. Um, the one thing that does drive me nuts is I see a lot of women posting about men who uh, mistake it for a dating site. And I, I, I mean, a lot of women will post about how, you know, somebody said something and they blur out their names. And I'm like, don't blur out their names. Like, they don't, they don't belong here. We should name them, shame them. You know, that, that's a, the, you, you don't bring that to, to this platform. Um, <clears throat> but not a ton of negativity. There was some around, you know, the election, like when, when politics was at the peak in November in the United States. Um, you know, I think that's when LinkedIn became a little bit more political. And anytime you inject politics into any discussion, you're going to get, you know, various opinions and, and some people that are, a little bit less positive <laughs> than others. <laughs> do, do you think? Do you think, Liam, that it's? Um, um, I mean, is it good or is it bad? I mean, I, I, I kind of like a, you know, look at it, you know, because we need sometimes we need a, we need opposing opinions, right? Like we need to, we oh, yeah. need to talk to one another. We have, um, you know, we can we can disagree, but still we can be friends, right? Like that's that, that's fine. Um, but sometimes I see that on LinkedIn, or at least it seems to me that people trying to be overly overly positive, not really very confrontational. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way to there's a way to to state a, a different perspective than somebody has that uh, is easier for some people than others, right? Um, I think that you know a lot of people sometimes struggle with with disagreement and they don't want to come across as negative or, or rude. Right. Uh, which is good. I think that's generally a good thing, but at the same time, you know, there's a way to disagree. And I think the people that are on LinkedIn the most that are the most comfortable on the platform have no problem saying, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't quite agree with it. Here's my perspective. Right. And that's a lot of like, it mimics business, right. It mimics a business conversation. Mm -hmm. If I'm talking to a colleague and we're discussing a problem or we have uh, an opinion about a strategy, uh, you know, 
one person might say one thing and I might say, you know what, I disagree with that. And here's why. Right. And it's not, you know, you're not being rude and you're not being confrontational. You're just, you're just having a conversation and it's a difference of opinion. And I think that that's perfectly fine. Um, there is an abundance of positivity <laughs> on the platform. And I think part of the problem that I see is that there's, there's, it depends on how genuine it is, right? Is it authentic? Is it genuine? Is it, or is it just for likes? Is it just because you want to, you know, you might be in an engagement pod and you're just throwing stuff out there because you're like, I know this is going to work. And it's, it's interesting because I've, I'm, uh, I have friends that I'm on the, that I'm in group chats with on the platform and we, we send posts from each other all day long. And we're like, Oh, look, who's posting about this now. Look, who's posting about this now. And it's like people, you can, you can totally see when there are trends on LinkedIn, like for a while there, there was that trend on, you know, or it might still be happening, but it's like, you know, Oh, if you were hiring somebody that's one year out of college, don't ask for five years of experience and this and that. There's a lot of conversation about that kind of stuff. And, you know, there are people that will just latch onto that and say, Oh, that's doing really well. So I'm going to put that in my, and that's where, for me, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't do that, right? Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that, uh, but it's also hard to tell sometimes. So you kind of just go with the flow. Um, talking about the content, I I know that you tinker with the, with the different, or you you test different type of contents as well. I can see you, yep. you know posting some polls and and some uh, documents and things like that. Uh, what works for you and what would you suggest to, you know, business owners out there? Um, you know, what, what do you think that works, works best on the platform? Uh, so in my, I, I've spent a lot of time analyzing this data because I, I'm just kind of an analyst by nature. Um, and for me, text posts are the best. Um, they perform the best for me. Uh, images have less distribution and by default, less distribution means you have less likelihood to get engagement. Right. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I think it's good to test all different types. I love polls. Uh, as you know, my, uh, I, I coin sort of weekends are for the polls. Right. Uh, and I think that's because it's a little bit more fun. People are not necessarily as focused on reading through content necessarily. Although for me, Saturday, Sunday engagement is actually pretty high. Um, and that might be because there's less people on the platform competing. So I have naturally a little bit more engagement, but um, the, the, the polls are a lot of fun because especially if you think of a good one and it's like, you can get people thinking, then it spurs conversation, right? They vote and they're like, I want to add my two cents. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun with those. Um, like I did, a, I did a poll recently about how many browser tabs people have open. Of all the posts, I posted 550 posts in 2020. And of all the posts, that is by far the most popular post uh, <laughs> from an engagement standpoint, not from a view standpoint, but from a reaction and comment standpoint. And I never would have thought it. I was like, well, what does that say about the rest of my content? <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, it's good to, to, to sort of try whatever method works for you best. You know, I, I know people that get very good engagement um, from posting primarily images, right? Uh, there, you know, and, and so it just sort of depends. I think you have to sort of test and see what you like best. I don't do a lot of, a lot of video and that's actually my 2021 focus is try to do more video. I, I have LinkedIn live and I use it once a month. You know, I need to use it way more than that. I have, I, I just, even me, sometimes I, 
I struggle with figuring out, well, what am I going to talk about on LinkedIn Live or, or coordinating with guests? You know, I need to do a better job of planning that stuff. But it's interesting that the platform gives us so many different ways to put content out there. Um, and I think it's, it's really unique because it's giving everybody in the world the ability to learn marketing in a sense, right? Uh, I have always been a marketing mind and a sales-minded person, but I've never done marketing. I've always been in operations. And, and so because I'm passionate about marketing, uh, this gives me the opportunity to sort of dip my feet into that. And it's been so fun, you know, and, and I think the sliders that they introduced, you know, the, with the dwell time change to the algorithm, like sliders are just getting tons and tons and tons of engagement. And so now I'm learning how to create sliders and I'm learning how to use Canva in ways that I never used it before. And I've never really been a particularly creative person, but here's this great tool like Canva and I'm in there like tweaking things and, you know, doing all sorts of stuff. And so it's become uh, an education in, in some sorts. Mm. Uh, I know you mentioned that um, you, you're watching your statistics and, and you threw yep. it from numbers, uh, you know, number of your posts and all that, which is fantastic. Um, can you tell us why is it important and what does, does that tell you about your LinkedIn, LinkedIn activities? Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, it's, it's just, it's, I like to see things from a holistic viewpoint. So I like to be able to summarize my data. I like to be able to, to bucket data into different things. So, you know, if I post enough polls, I can see how do my polls perform over time. Um, uh, posting every day gives me plenty of data points. Um, I think it's also, uh, useful because it's important to see the growth at, at, you know, sort of from a 50,000 foot perspective, right? LinkedIn doesn't make it very easy for us to see things holistically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very much sort of day by day and you can look back at your posts. And if you have a company page, you have better analytics than if, if you have an individual page, right? Um, but e even still, it's, it's somewhat difficult to sort of get that sense of, okay, show me my entire year, show me my first quarter, show me my second quarter. Um, and I use a tool called shield shield intelligence, from, uh, that is just sort of taking LinkedIn by storm and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's, it, they've done a really good job of sort of putting all of the things that you've done into a big package and let you see all the graphs and let you see the charts. And, and then for somebody like me, I can take that a step further, export my data and then do even deeper analysis. Right. And, th and that's something that, I plan on doing a lot more in 2021 because I don't think there's a lot of people that think that way or do that stuff. And so for me, it's as simple as sort of dragging and dropping and providing, you know, a template to somebody that can, that can help show them stuff. But I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's, it's being able to say, okay, I came, I started this journey of posting regularly on LinkedIn uh, three months ago. How did I, how did I do? How have I done? Right. Uh, and having a place to look at it and say, oh, wow, like, look at the growth or what, ooh, what was, I had somebody the other day that I, I posted uh, a, a graph of my, my, um, my, uh, my, my year's worth of views or views or reactions or something. Hmm. And somebody asked me, hey, what, what happened in March? What was that spike? Why did it have so many things? And I was like, I shared a, I shared a post from Dan Abrahams in, in Australia and it got a million views and that is exactly what that spike was, you know? And so being able to, to, again, it's, it's almost educational, right? You're learning how to do analytics and you're learning how to think like a marketer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that that's really valuable. 
uh yeah that's that's really interesting and uh, i believe that uh, the shield app is uh, pretty much the only one who really does the analytics on on the linkedin isn't it yeah i don't know i don't know what kind of what kind of deal they've struck with ryan roslansky in the, in the squad in the c-suite there but uh andreas and juan pablo have uh they they, they are like the wizards of linkedin uh they have all of that i mean i would love to just hang out for a week in Copenhagen and talk to them. Uh, if you know that just to get a sense for all the things that they know, because it must be incredible is yeah. if they're showing us that data, imagine what they actually know, you know, like that all the data that they can crunch in the back end. I mean, they just keys to the castle. So I've spent a lot of time following Andreas and seeing what, what he's posting about, because usually if I'm guessing what he's posting about is probably going to be pretty, pretty popular. Right. Talking about following, following people on the, on the LinkedIn, um, do you have any 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 specific suggestion for people out there who they should follow in terms of you know getting really the best out of LinkedIn and getting some good tips and tricks and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, the person that that has has taught me the most is Andy Foot. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a, a, a podcast called Footnotes. He has a website called LinkedInsights.com. Uh, his hundred top hashtags on LinkedIn is perpetually in my browser as a window. It's one of those browser tabs, um, you know, and, and he is just, he's a marvelous human being. He lives in Chicago. He's, he's I believe he's Scottish. Um, and uh, he's got good hair and a good beard. I'm jealous. Um, but he, he's fantastic, really great guy to follow. And, and he's got a Facebook group that he, ha- that he moderates as well. And um he's just, he does it so wonderfully. You know, he's, he's very good at keeping everybody structured and organized. And so uh, very tight knit group. Um, Mick Adam is another one. Uh, Simon Marshall is somebody that I, I talk to a lot. Um, uh, and uh, Joel Lalji is, is uh, he's a, he's a recruiter. Uh, he's had explosive growth on the platform. I think he went from 12,000 to 45,000 followers this year. Um, very, very much a, positive person, um, post really genuine messages, uh, cares a lot about, you know, people. Um, Adam Posner, who I'm actually on his podcast this afternoon, he's a great guy to follow for video content. He's got a fantastic podcast and he has a lot of really good talent on there. Um, Shelly Elslinger from Toronto, the Decide to Be Kind Queen. Uh, I have have both of my Decide to Be Kind bands on. Uh, She's she's phenomenal as well. and so, yeah, those those are sort of probably my my favorites, I would say. Okay, I would I would I would actually think that you you would name like a Richard van der Blom because because he's oh my goodness I forgot Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because Richard. He, I yeah, they 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 do a lot of lot of researches and, and yes. things like that on, on this. So yeah, anyway. So I sent I sent Richard a message. I sent Richard a, I sent Richard a video message this week just saying Happy New Year, and he responded this morning. And I, I guess my short-term memory's broken this morning. But yeah, Richard, Richard and Andy are the two kings of the kings of LinkedIn. If that was to be a sitcom, it would be the two of them. <laughs> awesome, um, uh, Liam. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned before that uh, um, you know at the beginning you were asking people uh, you know what to do and how. Now people asking you what to do on on LinkedIn. What is normally your your first answer? You know, if somebody comes to you and say, well what's this LinkedIn thing, you know, like, what shall I do on that platform? Yep. Um, 
I mean, I, my, my first, I guess my first question is what is your objective, right? You know, and a lot of people, you know, have different objectives. Uh, but a lot of people want to build a personal brand. That's, that's the, that's the hot term of the, of the moment. Um, and in that regard, I say, okay, so thing number one is figure out what matters most to you, right? You know, what are you passionate about? What are the three things that you're most passionate about? For me, it's emotional intelligence, it's startups, technology, technology startups, uh, and it, and it's, it's LinkedIn it's personal branding, right? That's, that's, that's become a big thing for me. Um, and I say, okay, so now that you've narrowed down sort of what you're most interested in, go follow hashtags that are associated to those topics, follow people that are in those industries so that your feed starts to populate with, with information that you can, you can digest and consume. You're not going to build a personal brand overnight. You're not going to, you know, all of a sudden become just this famous person, or you're not going to have 50,000 followers. Uh, but you'll get inspiration and you'll start to, and you'll enjoy yourself more, more importantly, like you'll start to read new things and get new sense of people and maybe make some friends. And, uh, and then once you get to ready, you start posting and you throw some posts out there. And um, the, the, the phrase that I sort of have coined it for myself and for my clients is I say pace equals growth. And that stands for patience, authenticity, uh, consistency, and empathy. Uh, and, and if you, if you maintain all four of those things, and you do that day in, day out, right? You have a day where you're like, oh, I thought that post was going to go really far and it doesn't, it's a dud, right? That's okay. Pace equals growth. Take, you know, start again, do another one tomorrow or whenever you feel like it. Uh, and, and, and then you will gain um, what you're trying to achieve at some point, right? And so um, that's really my, big, my biggest piece of advice to people when they start out is just don't expect it to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Don't go into it thinking you know you can just do whatever you want like focus on things that you actually are passionate about because again that comes across to people you know when when you're when you're writing about something that you genuinely care about it is even in the written word maybe more so in the written word it's very very obvious right um and so that's what i usually tell people to do is make sure that they focus on the things that they care about the most find people that are posting things about those things and then get involved in the conversation Hmm. okay that's uh, that's interesting. Um, many people they they talk about LinkedIn as a business platform, and uh, it's coined like that probably as a business platform. So uh, many business owners, I I reckon they expect to get a business out of LinkedIn. Um, yep. How to get business out of LinkedIn? Um, so I'm not probably the best person to ask because I don't do it a lot myself. <laughs> um, but I, I think. I certainly know a lot of ways not to do it. Um, I, I think the, the challenge, as much as LinkedIn is the world's largest networking event, it also happens to be the world's largest CRM, right? Uh, and so every salesperson on the planet uh, knows that every lead in the planet is on LinkedIn. And so they can try and reach out. And the one thing that I always say is you, you want to try and play the long game from a business development perspective, right? Don't just connect with somebody and then bang, hit them with a pitch, bang, hit them with a pitch, bang, hit them with a pitch. I have some people that I've connected with who didn't pitch me in the intro, which by the way, I would rather be pitched in the intro. I would rather somebody request to connect with me and say, I'm not going to lie. I would like to try and sell you something, but this is why I'm trying to sell you something. I think it's awesome. Blah, 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 blah. If you're candid and you're honest, I might accept your connection request and take a call with you. Right. Uh, it's the people that 
say, oh, your content's really great. I'd love to connect with you. They connect and then bang, you get hit with something, right? Financial services, weight loss. Weight loss is always the one that gets me the most, right? It's like, hey, I'd really love to help you. And I'm like, that, thanks. <laughs> you know, like, I know, I, I know I'm not svelte, but that's a really weird way to approach your conversation. Um, so that's the one thing for me. And then I think, uh, are you talking companies or individuals? Individuals. From, Individuals. Yeah. I mean, from, yeah, I mean, it's all about relationship building. I mean, it's, it's sales is the oldest game in the book, right? It's all about relationships, you know, just because we're in a digital age, it makes it easier to be lazy. It makes it easier to just spray and pray and be like, I'm going to hit 500 people today or whatever the 150 max is you have on LinkedIn. Uh, and, and that's just not, that's, that's not playing the long game, right? Any good salesperson knows that it's about relationships and invests in relationships. And I view LinkedIn the same way. Right. Uh, so I think it pretty much covers also what you don't like on LinkedIn. But um, I would like to ask you another question: What you don't like about LinkedIn, or what what kind of what kind of things or features you think LinkedIn should introduce or um, or should stop? <laughs> uh, this. Uh, well, so I, I'll start with what I, I I'll start with what I like about it. I like. Um, I like that there's so much emphasis on, on conversation, right? Uh, they, I, I don't know. I don't remember when I first heard the slogan, join the conversation, but whenever it was, I was like, what conversation, what are you talking about? Right? Like what, who, what marketing person at LinkedIn decided that this was a good slogan? Because at the time it's just where I parked my resume and I updated it when I got a new job and that was it. And then people would say, Oh, you got, I got a new job. And you'd be like, Oh, congratulations. And that was all LinkedIn was to me. Um, and then, you know, once I started to get more involved in the community, I started realizing, oh, wow, this is a conversation. Uh, so I love that aspect of it. And, you know, now LinkedIn is starting to get a little bit more focused on that. They have prompts and they have the, the, the wording bubbles. It's like, do you want to just say a quick, like, congrats or hey, shout out or whatever? Which is, you know, the, the uh, artificial intelligence engine of, of Microsoft is getting into the LinkedIn game. Um, but, but I think the, uh, the fact that there is that emphasis on having a conversation really makes a lot of sense. And I think the fact that the algorithm is now rewarding people who have conversations and highly engaged uh, feeds is a good thing. Um, I don't like, oh, I love the fact that they've integrated Zoom and Microsoft Teams into chat. I think that's game changing. I don't think enough people know about it. And I don't think uh, LinkedIn did a particularly good job marketing it it's a phenomenal tool. I mean, it's, you know, the fact that you and I are having these conversations and you just drop, you know, you schedule the zoom from within our chat on LinkedIn. Like you never have to go anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> my theory is that Microsoft bought sale, bought, bought Salesforce. Microsoft bought LinkedIn to compete with Salesforce. I think they're going to eventually just try and, you know, really go head to head. Mm -hmm. uh, Microsoft dynamics isn't a good solution, but anyways, um, there's that piece. <clears throat> I think um, it's a little bit clunky. The new design, I actually, I actually do like the new redesign. I would like it better in dark mode because I'm a dark mode kind of guy. Um, but I do like the new design. Uh, there's still some quirks and some some quirks about the platform. You know, you can tell that it, you can tell they haven't. Well, maybe they have hired somebody from Facebook or Twitter, but I can't, I can't see it <laughs> uh, from a usability standpoint. I mean, if you know, Andy and I talk about this all the time. 
you know, if you look at the differences between groups on Facebook and groups in LinkedIn, I mean, it is night and day, right? And I actually messaged Ryan Ruslansky and talked to him a couple of times about it because I say, yeah, cute. Like I once did a poll that asked where people would like to have their conversations on link, like if about LinkedIn and 78% of people said groups, but most people don't do that. Most people are on Slack or they're in, uh, in, in Facebook and, Literally, it's ironic that the only reason I'm on Facebook is to talk about LinkedIn with Andy Foote and the rest of his superheroes. Um, so, you know, that, that to me is just a very uh, bizarre thing that they haven't focused on because they're so focused on conversation. But the groups, the groups piece, I, I mean, I would love to start a group and I would love it to be an engaged and thriving place. But everybody that I've talked to who's been in groups and known groups is like, it's really, really hard to actually get any type of engagement going. So what's the point? So I haven't done it yet. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to start one on Facebook because I'm not going to go up against the King. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's a good thing to, to, uh, to, to focus on that. I would love for them to fix groups and make that better. I think that would be a really good thing for the platform. Um, I guess the last thing is, uh, you know, just, <laughs> There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of confusion around, you know, there's, there's a lot of hypotheses about the algorithm and what's this and what's that and what's this and what's that. And everybody's trying to figure it out. And, and I don't know if I understand, I understand why they don't want to be super open about it, but at the same time, you know, if the, if the objective is to get people to post more content on the platform, if you give them information that will help them understand how to do that, then they're going to do that. <laughs> and therefore you are achieving your objective because people are posting on the, on the site more and then you can monetize those eyeballs and everybody wins theoretically, right? And, until it becomes just a complete feed of ads, which I'm not looking forward to. But that's the thing that I kind of don't understand. It's, it's almost like you want us to post a lot more, but you've got people like me who live on the platform who are still bewildered by it sometimes, you know, and, and, and people like me should be singing its praises, right? I, I actually have good minds to, to maybe pitch Ryan Roslansky on, you know, my, my, my new company page is LinkedIn enthusiasts. There are so many LinkedIn enthusiasts out there. There are people who just love the platform because of the relationships that have been made because of the business that they're generating, et cetera. But there's no acknowledgement of that from, from the LinkedIn platform. Yelp has an elite team. Google has super reviewers. Every other digital platform that's worth anything has sort of this upper echelon of super users that, that they sort of bring into the fold and recognize. And I think that's missing on LinkedIn. And I think they should consider uh, I think that they should consider building a program like that. And I don't mean like the top voices program. I mean like you're you're, you know, Anybody can be a part of it. It doesn't have to be somebody that, you know, has specific elements to it. I, I don't understand how the top voices are calculated anyways, but um, I, so I think that that's just something that they could focus on as well. Uh, and then um, I think that, that uh, the last thing for me that's is, is engagement pods is, is difficult for me. I, I'm, I'm not somebody who likes to judge anybody for doing anything like they you're welcome to do whatever you like, right? Uh, but it's hard for somebody like myself or my friend Joel or Adam or Andy or Mike or, uh, or, or Richard, you know, who really focus on putting out quality content that is representative of who we are and how we think. Uh, 
you know, to see all of these posts that are just like fluff and, and like the like and comment and grow posts where it's like 60,000 people have, have liked and commented. And it's like, that's not, I mean, that's, that's, that's taking away from the platform in my opinion. And um, so, you know, I think that that's, that's something I struggle with a little bit. Uh, and I would, I would love for LinkedIn to spend a little bit more time trying to crack down on those. And I think the algorithm change for, effectively did that a little bit because now you're starting to see some different strategies coming about and you know but i just i would love for linkedin to do as much as they can to try and avoid having clickbaity content on the platform i don't know how they do it uh it would be a herculean effort but it would be great to see right um <clears throat> you, were, you were talking about about uh, the the features of of a linkedin and one of the new feature is uh, linkedin stories um, Correct. What do you think about about LinkedIn Stories? What's your take on it? Um, I haven't been great about using them, and and I think part of the reason is it's a little bit clunky to use it. Uh, it's not as intuitive or easy to use as Instagram uh, Stories are. Um, I also sort of don't. You know, it's it's interesting because because I'm not in on LinkedIn for business. I don't spend my whole day on the platform, so. For me to take time out of my day, my work day, to maybe post a snippet on stories is just, it's almost distracting. Like, I don't think, I don't think about doing that with LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not at that point yet. Maybe I'll get there. I don't know. Um, but I haven't really gotten to that point yet. Uh, and I haven't really seen a whole lot of folks that are doing it really, really well. Um, I, I just think there's also this interesting sort of, uh, element of you know you, you can't really find the ones that you want necessarily and there's no there's no sort of rhyme or reason as to how they're structured and um so i think uh it, it's not my favorite feature that they've come up with um i can see how it'd be valuable and i would assume that because they uh had success in australia um you know and and when they rolled it out in their test in brazil that they saw engagement increases right and and i think that 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 will probably, I've, I've posted a few stories and it's gotten people to message me that maybe wouldn't have messaged me before. So in that regard, it's a good thing, right? Uh, but I haven't figured out how to use it from a content standpoint yet. Yeah, I, I, I could see that some people, they're using it for more personal things. Um, right. Then they, they they kind of map the, the day, uh, whatever they do. Uh, like yep. little snippets of of, uh, of the activities throughout the day they put on the, on the stories and the main post kind of like the the main thing what they do businessy uh, they keep for for the main post right um, yep. I, I I know that you you um, you know a bit geeky about about this um, all these algorithms and and uh, and the <laughs> and the statistics um, so my next question would be what do you think about um, uh, social social selling index um, SSI. Uh, how important it is uh, on LinkedIn? Because some people they still kind of they they don't know. Is it really important? Is not? Uh, you should I pay some attention to it? Uh, <laughs> I I don't know, <laughs> and I guess that probably answers the question because I, I I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what things I should and shouldn't be paying attention to uh, on the platform, but. Um, you know, I've never fully understood what, how they calculate the rank. And again, like this is sort of, this is that, that whole part about LinkedIn that, you know, is difficult for me is, uh, 
there's things that are shrouded in mystery, right? If you're going to give me this number and you're going to tell me to pay attention to it, then, then tell me how I can grow it, right? Like if, if I have a credit score of 500, you know, Equifax is going to tell me what I need to do to get my credit score higher so I can do those things. Uh, LinkedIn doesn't do a great job at that, right? And, and so it's, it's difficult for me to find validity in a stat when I don't understand how the stat was calculated, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, they have their little info bubbles and it says like engage, like my, I think mine is an 84 or an 85 or something. And it says you top 1% in here and top 1% in your network and all this stuff. Um, but like the insights, there's like an insights one that like, and I've never been able to crack that. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, do I have to listen to LinkedIn news and comment on LinkedIn news all day long? Do, like, how does that work? You know? And, and so I just think that they, they, they have all these cool ideas of things that they could, that they could, uh, that people would want to want to ingest. But then they're like, well, I wonder how this is calculated. And LinkedIn's like, Shh. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, like it loses its luster a bit. I don't know if maybe they think that if they keep it mysterious, we'll pay more attention to it or what, but, I'd pay a lot more attention to it if I actually knew how it worked. It's kind of symbolic, right? Like, because there are a lot of, lot of features like this on LinkedIn that, um, you know, we try to figure out how they calculate this, how they calculate that. Um, and, you know, it actually, while we were talking about, about this, it, um, you know, you were saying that LinkedIn is for you or symbolizes this giant uh, networking event. But I, I almost see it as a networking event inside the maze, which is half made, you know, like a, you, you <laughs> hit the wall somewhere, somewhere you don't know where to go, you know, and then yeah. you, know where go, you don't have a map and you need to figure out the way around um, just by yourself. Um, I, think anyway, you just, I, I think yeah. you've just, you, you might have just coined in, in my, if you ever started a group or, or do you have a group? Uh, no, I don't. No, I was going to say we can start the LinkedIn labyrinth. And try and navigate it. Try and navigate it together. <laughs> yeah, that's a good name. That's true. Um, yeah, actually, uh, uh, we could. I think we could spend some, you know, another another couple of hours talking about LinkedIn. But <laughs> I need to draw the line somewhere. And, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we love the platform, right? Um, that's mm -hmm. why we're talking about it. That's why we are on it. Um, so. Uh, basically like now uh, 2021 you already mentioned something but what are your linkedin predictions or what what would you like uh, to do on linkedin in 2021 uh so my primary objective on linkedin in 2021 is uh is to is to make a little bit of uh extra income right um by helping people learn how to use the platform and helping people find their voice and find their tribe and um, you know, I think, uh, another person that I should mention is Justin Welsh. Uh, he's, he's, uh, somebody that I've learned a lot about from LinkedIn. I took one of his courses, I've taken a few of the courses that people have put out there, uh, just to see what the competition is doing. And, you know, uh, and his has by far been the best that I've taken and he's just skyrocketed. I mean, I think he said, he posted last week that he's, he made 667 million, $667,000 on LinkedIn, uh, through LinkedIn business. Right. Um, and a hundred thousand of that was just his course. And so I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> I, I need to, and he's like, his, his whole mission for 2021 
is to help other people do the same thing. Um, he changed his tagline to helping 10,000 people make money on LinkedIn or whatever. So um, that's kind of something that I would like to do. I mean, I, I, have a, I have a playbook that I drafted up in Google Docs and I just give it away for free. Whenever I connect with somebody, I just give them that playbook and I say, not to be, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but like, this is everything I learned on the platform. And if somebody had given this to me in March, I would have been really happy about it because it would have saved me a lot of time. So here you go. Um, but, you know, something more robust that really takes you through how I approach it and things like that. So that's the, the LinkedIn enthusiast playbook is what I'm going to spend my entire week working on this week and then uh, hopefully launch it. And, um, you know, I, I just want to also continue to build relationships with people here and continue to engage in conversation. I mean, it's, it's been really interesting. I've been sending out these video messages to folks over the course of the last week, just to say happy holidays and thank God 2020 is over and yada, yada. Um, and the responses have been marvelous. You know, people have said some really nice things to me that made me feel really good about myself. And, uh, and at the end of the day, I like making people happy and I, and I like being with people and engaging with people. And, you know, the fact that we can't do that, outside of our house anymore. And uh, my wife doesn't want to talk to me anymore. She's sick and tired of me. So, uh, you know, it's good. It's a good way for us to, uh, to, to get to know folks. So just keeping doing that, uh, getting to know more people. I think for me, 2020 was a lot about learning LinkedIn, right? Learning what it meant to me, learning how I wanted to use it, uh, you know, learning as much as I could about you know, the LinkedIn labyrinth. <laughs> and then, and then 2021 is going to be about me helping other people do that. That's my, that's my objective. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, Liam, thank you very much for your time. Um, uh, talking to us today on LinkedIn smart podcast. It was a pleasure to have you, have you here and, uh, yeah, I wish you yeah all the best in 2021. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's an honor. Uh, this is actually the, the first podcast I've ever been on. So thank you so much for, for inviting me. So before we go, um, tell us where can we find a little bit more about you? Obviously, um, Liam Darmody on um, on the on the uh, on the LinkedIn, right? And anywhere yep. else? Uh, yeah, I at liamdarmody.co, co, liamdarmody.co is my website, uh, and uh, hashtag Liam on LinkedIn is my hashtag, so people can follow that uh, and uh, and and be on the lookout for the LinkedIn enthusiast playbook uh, coming out in uh, in January. Perfect. Thank you very much once again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our LinkedIn Smart Podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We would really appreciate it. Thank you and see you next time. Be LinkedIn Smart. LinkedIn Smart Podcast was brought to you by Square Motion, a video marketing agency in Dubai. Need an engaging LinkedIn video? Go to squaremotion.me.